34-year-old woman presents to the physician for epistaxis that recurs despite nasal packing at home. She has had many such episodes in the past. Six months ago, she underwent a splenectomy following epistaxis refractory to both intravenous methylprednisolone and immunoglobulin. Platelet count six weeks after surgery was 200,000 per microliter. Today, her platelet count is 40,000 per microliter. Her peripheral blood smear is shown. Which of the following is the most likely explanation for this patient's presentation? Choice A, accessory spleen. Choice B, antibodies against glycoprotein 1B. Choice C, Bernard-Solier syndrome. Choice D, cyclic thrombocytopenia. Choice E, thrombosthenia. Choice F, thrombotic thrombocytopenic purpura. Choice G, von Willebrand disease. This question could have the propensity to be extremely annoying in the sense that you look at these answer choices and there's a lot we could discuss, a lot to unpack. Could make this a 37-minute clip going into all the details of every little heme discussion, but we want to stay somewhat concise here, okay? This is a slightly unusual vignette. I'm just going to infuse you with the high-yield points you need to know. As I said, keeping this somewhat pithy. Now, we've got a 34-year-old woman. She has had epistaxis that she was not able to control with nasal packing at home. She's had many such episodes in the past. Six months ago, underwent a splenectomy following epistaxis refractory to both IVIG and immunoglobulin. So we have to start thinking about what the diagnosis could be here. Sounds like ITP, immune thrombocytopenic purpura, that we treat with corticosteroids, then IVIG, then splenectomy. That's the treatment sequence for ITP. ITP is a disorder characterized by autoantibodies against glycoproteins 2B, 3A on platelets. These are the glycoproteins 2B, 3A enable platelet aggregation, which are platelets sticking to each other. Do not confuse with platelet adhesion, which is the platelet to the endothelium, which is glycoprotein 1B mediated. Glycoprotein 1B on the platelet via von Willebrand factor acts as a bridge to your underlying collagen slash vascular endothelium. Okay. So ITP, patient can get a viral infection, maybe about two-thirds of your questions will give you a school-age kid. They don't have to say an overt viral infection with sniffles. Like, think about how viral infections are often asymptomatic, like corona, right? So they could just say, 12-year-old boy, and he's got epistaxis, that's nose bleeding, could be uh, minor cutaneous findings, bruising, uh, petechiae. That's how platelet problems tend to present, okay? So they might say, 12-year-old boy who's had epistaxis, about two-thirds of the time, one-third, they'll give you a woman who's in her 30s or 40s who's had epistaxis or recurrent bruising. And for family medicine, they want you to differentiate from domestic abuse. In ITP, you're going to have a decreased platelet count and an elevated bleeding time. In domestic abuse, obviously, your parameters are normal. So we can, as I said from the beginning, this can be a very long discussion very fucking fast, okay? But ITP is usually viral infection, antibodies are created, type 2 hypersensitivity against your glycoproteins 2B, 3A on platelets, you get defective aggregation. And not only do your plate, does your platelet count decrease, but your bleeding time goes up. And as I said, steroids, IVIG, then splenectomy. Now this patient, uh, she had the splenectomy performed and six weeks after surgery, her Platelet count was 200,000 per microliter. That's normal. Normal range is 150 to 450,000 for platelets. So that's good. It, this, the point of this sentence is to say the splenectomy was effective. Okay. 
now she ha- she presents uh, this would have been so six months ago she had the surgery six weeks after so we're talking four and a half months later now okay I wrote this fucking question but now let me do math as far as like what the vignette actually entails so she had successful splenectomy her play the cow went back up and then many months later her play the count is back down again right and we say hmm that's fucking weird what's going on it sounds like her ITP quote unquote came back how is that even possible right we look at the smear. This is a normal smear, okay? Typical of me being an asshole where I just literally Google normal smear, okay? But this is showing us our RBCs. These little dots, if you can even make them out, those are actually platelets, okay? Now, she's got thrombocytopenia. It's okay. You can see varying amounts of platelets uh, across your smears. Hard to tell from a smear alone whether you have thrombocytopenia. And we also have some granulocytes. It appears maybe the, the two cells at the top are neutrophils. The one at the bottom might be, this might even be a monocyte. It doesn't matter. The point is it's a normal smear, okay? And uh, which of the following is most likely explanation for this patient's presentation? So why don't I just work back work backwards here? So uh, choice G, von Willebrand disease, wrong fucking answer. This is going to be the answer if they give you a patient who has uh, both a platelet problem and a clotting factor problem. And platelet problems use it usually being epistaxis, minor cutaneous, as I mentioned before, petechiae, bruising, nose bleeding, but, but clotting factor problems a bit more severe, okay? It can be uh, menorrhagia, heavy periods, can be excessive bleeding after tooth extraction, very buzzy, even hemarthrosis in severe conditions, the latter, more hemophilia, uh, you don't see that as often in von Willebrand disease, but VWD, you're going to get a vignette where they tell you, e.g., it's autosomal dominant. They might say, 17-year-old girl has epistaxis. She also has heavy periods. 17-year-old girl has petechiae. She also had excessive bleeding after tooth extraction. Okay? So much we can talk about, but I'm going to stay focused on this question. But that's how von Willebrand disease presents. You'll have an increased bleeding time, and about half the time your PTT is increased. Not all the time. Okay? But it's not the it's not the case here. We already established that ITP is our diagnosis. So uh, choice F, thrombotic thrombocytopenic purpura, not the correct answer. Now TTP, classically, this is going to be antibodies against or mutation in Adam TS13, a matrix metalloproteinase that breaks down von Willebrand factor multimers. Long story short is when you have the von Willebrand factor connecting glycoprotein 1B on your platelet to the endothelium then there needs to be a recycling process that occurs for homeostasis. And ADAMTS13 can help break down these platelet clumps that form because of the VWD that's there. So it, quote, breaks down von Willebrand factor multimers, okay? But TTP, this is going to present classically a pentad. It's going to be uh, renal insufficiency, thrombocytopenia, schistocytosis, okay? And then you can get fever and neurologic signs. We can talk about this literally for 20 minutes, just TTP, HUS, and those types of things. I'm going to make more content. You know that. Um, thrombosthenia, people are like, what the fuck is that? Thrombosthenia actually refers to Glansman thrombosthenia. Okay. This term technically means weak platelets, but if you see it on the USMLE, it means Glansman thrombosthenia, which is deficiency of glycoproteins 2B3A. So you might say, well, isn't that like similar to ITP? You just said ITP was antibodies against 2B3A. Yeah, but deficiency, when you have Glansman thrombosthenia, that's different in the sense that you're not going to have this 
uh, recurrent presentation, usually idiopathic caused by viral infection. It's more from earlier in life and not our answer, but good distractor here. So cyclic thrombocytopenia, this is literally a condition, very rare, uh, but this is from birth and cyclic thrombocytopenia. You can also get cyclic neutropenia. Okay. It's idiopathic. The mechanism in the literature is described, but once again, just a distractor. Bernard Solier syndrome, this is going to be congenital deficiency of uh, glycoprotein 1B. So where is Glansman thrombosthenia, 2B3A congenital deficiency? Bernard Solier, this is going to be uh, deficiency of glycoprotein 1B. And then, and they will t often tell you that there's a uh, failure of uh, aggregation with Ristocetin cofactor assay. Okay, similar with uh, von Willebrand disease. So much we can talk about. Antibodies against glycoprotein 1B. This is wrong because this is actually uh, nothing, in fact. Okay, we said before that ITP was antibodies against glycoproteins 2B, 3A. So this, it really comes down to A versus B. If you knew ITP and you're like, yeah, that's the one with antibodies against like glycoproteins on platelets, you might think it's choice B here, but it's not, okay? Antibodies are against 2B, 3A, not 1B. And they do assess that in the NVMEs. So we're left with accessory spleen, right? It's like, ooh, wow, like weird fucking answer. I agree. It's a weird answer, but it's not my opinion as to what matters. It's on the NBME exams, okay? So accessory spleen, apparently up to 10% of people literally have an accessory spleen. That's about a centimeter in length, okay? Yeah, weird. And even if patients have had splenectomy for ITP, if they have an accessory spleen, that spleen can actually take on the role of regenerating the ITP symptomatically over time. The spleen can actually begin to sequester platelets again, even grow slightly. So this is a diagnosis that explains how someone who's been managed already with the definitive therapy of splenectomy for ITP can somehow get a reproduction of symptoms later on, okay? Or I should say signs because the signs are her uh, platelet count in this case, but she's, yeah, her symptoms would be she's mentioning she has nose bleeding. So I know some of you watching, watching this want much more detail. We're not going to make this a 39-minute clip. I'm going to make other content, okay? So if you liked this, subscribe to my channel, and I appreciate your time. That's it.